0: Hi, I'm Mark Richard, and you're listening to Pure Talk, the podcast where we talk about life, health, and living pure. On today's episode, we welcome Dr. Ali Gahari. Moving from Iran at the age of seven to the Canadian tundra of Winnipeg, Dr. Gahari was thankfully placed in a children's program, one that he now says saved his life. It was here that he was able to learn English, become accustomed to the Canadian way of life, and eventually chart a path into earning his doctorate of medicine. Dr. Kahari's medical tip today is on thyroid disease, its common symptoms, how patients contract the disease, how it's diagnosed, risk factors, and treatment. This is Pure Talk. The Peer Talk podcast is proudly sponsored by Canprev. Could your daily nutrition need a boost? Kickstart your day with GreenUp, the brand new powder from Canprev. It's the best way to include 39 wholesome greens, reds, adaptogens, mushrooms, and superfoods into your daily routine. percent plant based and certified organic, this nutrient-packed, immune-boosting, fatigue-fighting whole foods blend is a surefire way to boost your day. Green Up, brand new from Canprev. Visit canprev.ca for more information. Dr. Ali Gahari, also known as Dr. G, welcome to Pure Talk. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Nice uh, to be here. Excellent. I'd mm-hmm. wanted to start off with just maybe some home life uh, mm. questions. Uh, mm. Were you born and raised here? Uh, what's what's sort of your backstory?
1: Uh, I was mostly uh, raised in the prairies. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, my family came from Iran when I was seven years old. Right. And uh, we originally went to Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, maybe a little bit after that, we ended up going to Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. So mostly my schooling high school university that was
0: done in uh, Edmonton and your parents going from Iran to Winnipeg was there is that a because of work is that a job as they they
1: went there because of uh, education so a lot of people went for various reasons political okay. reasons theirs was strictly they they're both you know pursuing education yeah. and uh, they wanted to get their uh, master's and PhD um, and you know in Iran they don't have a PhD program for every field. So, you can go only go so far. Mm-hmm. So, that's the main reason that they ended up coming uh, is to pursue their studies.
0: Right. A seven year old growing up in Winnipeg, do you remember it much? Like, did you yeah. ha- hate your life in Winnipeg? Or you No,
1: know, I wouldn't say I hated my life. Um, I would say I was very confused. No okay. kidding. Yeah, because yeah. I was just came from this crazy city, Tehran, you yes. know, there's a lot of people there. It's fun. There's family everywhere. It's just like, you know, just a wild jungle. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things going on then, back then. So it was a lot of excitement. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like minus 30 and you're full of snow and you're, you know, don't even speak English. Of course. And yeah, you're surrounded yeah. by, you know different demographics you know different colored
0: people and you're just a little boy and you're like what 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 happened what is happening yeah what happened where am
1: i yeah
0: (laughs) what about the support system in winnipeg what is that like so to have to learn english at seven yeah uh is that do you remember that a lot do you remember the that's got to be difficult
1: i remember a a little bit yeah i remember um i remember you know not knowing the word i wanted a banana i remember like didn't know what banana was yes um and uh but then what happened was we were very lucky actually uh, back then. Um, so Manitoba had a NDP government mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not tooting, you know, one political party or another, but just at that time it worked out well for us because they had major child subsidies. And so we I had two younger brothers and they had this uh, child program mm-hmm. where it was almost like a daycare, but it went all the way to like grade seven. Okay, And so we were just put into that and it was just you know, we went, we had summer, uh, pretty much summer, um, daycare and, um, we went camping and then all of a sudden within like two months, I knew English perfectly. Right. So it was like, everyone was like, how did this happen? And, you know, my parents were like, you know, we all, for me, myself, like I got, you know, into the culture like immediately because of this. And it was constantly, you know, getting into Canadian life and, you know, going camping and going, do so many different things. And so it was beautiful, actually. I, I love my childhood in, yep. in Winnipeg and I love Winnipeg.
0: Right. That's a saving grace right there. That yeah. program for sure. Yeah. You know, because yeah. who knows the, your development, what, what would have happened, you know, if you didn't have, have that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really, I really appreciate that. I'd never, never forget that.
0: For sure. Yeah. Um, and then growing up, what was uh, high school like for you? Did you always have a, um, a drive or a, an interest in, in sciences or where did that, where did that medical sort of thing?
1: Filter? Yeah. So, um, I always did. I always, uh, liked academic studies. Mm-hmm. Um, I always liked, you know, I was a nerd, you know, pretty yeah, much. Uh, so I, uh, and my parents are both scientists. So, um, you know, they're getting their masters and yeah. their PhD, then their postdoc. Um, and so it was constantly like, you know, here's a paper, you know, pictures of, you know, different m- medical, problems and conditions and so it was just like in the background right and it was just second nature to me and i was always good at science i was good at math okay uh so i was excelled and you kind of like things that you excel at yeah uh so i ended up going in a very strong academic direction from from the beginning
0: Was that, do you think, uh, was there any point growing up that you think maybe you you didn't want to, you wanted to pursue something else? I mean, your parents seem to really push you in a a medical direction, maybe. I mean, you're good at it as well. Like your, your upbringing and, and your genetics have sort of put you in that direction, but do you think there was anything else that maybe you would have liked to pursue?
1: Yeah. Um, for sure. I, um, so one of the things that was really, um, surprising for me was when I was very young is, uh, I, and I don't know how this happened. Just like, I don't know how I learned English, you know, within a, like a month, yeah, exactly. you know? So, yeah. um, when I was in grade five, I believe, um, and I don't remember how this happened, but I was just casted in a, in a school play and I got it like a lead role. And next thing I know, I'm like learning these lines and it was this really like funny, lovable kind of character in this huge school play. Yeah. And it was a big production. Okay. And then I was like, all of a sudden I was like, kind of like a little bit of a, you know a little bit of a star in the in the elementary school yeah and then i was like wow this is really cool you know and then then next year again i got casted in this like another role in the school play um and it was a lead like you know maybe three like five or six uh people uh that were the leads and then everyone else in the school was yeah. like you know Back extras now. yeah yeah so um, so then I just, I just fell in love with acting and I, you know, that was the thing that I always pursued mm-hmm. all the way through school, um, from Winnipeg, to, uh, Alberta. Yeah. Um, and, uh, even in, in medical school, we put on a school play. Some of us that were into theater and mm-hmm. in the middle of our exams, we were like dying and we we're like, no, 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 we, we, we have a show to do. And we went and did that. So that was always something that I always, um, you know, wanted to pursue and, had yeah you know, as a child.
0: Right. It's never a career option though. I think the parents um, would have, uh, <laughs> they weren't
1: too, yeah. Okay. Uh, excited about that. Yeah. Um, and truth be told, you know, at that time I, uh, there wasn't like, it's different. You know, if you're in Vancouver, it's different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of, you know, p- people, uh, have a different understanding, but I was in Alberta. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I actually pursued it to the point where <clears throat> I, um, I signed up my friends for, uh, like, you know, this, they had this program where it was a filmmaking program. So you, they would, you get a team together and they'd pair you up with an actual real life, oh, okay. you know, like a director, like a director yeah. actor and all that stuff. Yeah. So I got a friend of mine, you're the producer, you're going to be the actors, and uh, I'm going to be the director. That's great. Just so you know, I'm yeah. the director. Right. So, um, and then I did that. And then they paired us up with a director and, uh, and I was sitting there and we're editing this film. That, that we had made and he was helping me with editing. I was just like so impressed. I was like, wow, oh my God, this editing dial and this and that. I was like this, I just, I was, I was like just in loving, heaven, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, so what movie are you working on right now? Like, what are you doing? He's just like, oh, I'm not not working on anything right now. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm just I'm just driving a cab right now. <laughs> and then I was like, The awakening. I don't know if I want that, yes. you know, and then, and not to say, you know, you shouldn't pursue your dreams or anything like that. But for me, it was like a very you know, I already had this very strong direction in medicine mm-hmm. and I was very passionate about it as well. For and, sure. uh, it wasn't like I wasn't passionate about it. And so I was like, you know, I, I don't want to be in a position per se in my life where, um, you know, I'm, I can't do what I want to do. Uh, so that's sort of when it kind of like, I kind of put it aside.
0: Great. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you get into uh, into university then, uh, mm-hmm. and was uh, medical school was was that what you thought it was going to be? Did no. you go into? Did you go in, uh, That's a common answer, actually, on this show. Is a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of uh, medical doctors they say the first year is when. They build you up like the, the school builds you up and like, oh, you can change the world. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be great doctors. And then second year, all of a sudden they break it down and be like, no, no, this is what you're actually going to do. Did yeah. you ex- maybe experience the same thing, would you say, or, or what was your experience of medical school?
1: So my experience was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, so I actually ended up, I was such an academic that I ended up getting in very early. Uh, I got in after two years and oh, it's wow. quite rare. Okay. So most people will get in after, you know, four years or they do a uh, master's. So I got in when I was like around 20, 19, 20, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone in my class was like 24, 25. And uh, I was quite like, I wouldn't say matured, you know, I wasn't ripe. So um, I did get in and uh, and there was a lot of that building up. You guys are the top of this and that. And yeah. it was very difficult, to be honest with you. I thought it was it was way more difficult than I was expecting. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, you know, you got to get in. It's hard to get in you know and then i you know got in and i got in after two years everyone was like wow oh my god and then i went in there and it was uh it was very challenging mm-hmm. you know um and there was a difference in the programs like now things are i think better uh, for the even for 10 15 years or better but at my time they were like we're, we need to get rid of the old system it's too competitive it's too cutthroat sure we want to get rid of marks but ours was the year where uh they still had the mark system they're like next year we're going to switch to pass fail it's going to be like way better right but you guys did last year just so you know great so it was very very uh it was challenging it was yeah. challenging so it wasn't as i thought it was going to be more fun to be honest with you i thought mm-hmm. it was going to be like oh my god you're learning anatomy and like exactly you know i thought it was going to be more like i love learning physiology i love learning anatomy but it was more it wasn't as fun it was more um yeah, it was, I don't know how to put it. It was it was more um it was just more competitive, like what do you know, how much do you know? Right. Um it wasn't as much about let me help you learn, let's yes. let let me let you what don't you know, let me help you learn. It sure. was more um like you don't know this, like you know, what are you doing? Why don't you yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And that's sort of the culture I found in all of uh, you know, training. It yeah. just continues sort of throughout. Right. Uh, you know, um Yeah. And so I don't necessarily—I
0: didn't agree with that. I didn't like that. Of course not. In terms of like academics, academics and marks don't necessarily make a great doctor, right? Yeah. And do you see that? Did you see that maybe play out in medical school, where someone who's at the top of the class or someone who knows all you know knows the knows their their books maybe isn't the greatest doctor?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, it's just like you know, it has nothing to do with marks. It has nothing to do with uh, yeah. you know. Uh, your family doesn't matter where you come from. It, it it just comes from something else, right? And um the other thing is, is it's people say you know who's a good doctor, who's a bad. It's hard to say who's a good doctor, who's a bad doctor. It's mm-hmm. it's very like subjective. Some people are very good doctors, and people don't think they're a good doctor because they don't do what people want, and of they're course. not supposed to do what people want. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I I so I have to be very careful about. You have to be careful in terms of like how you. With you know pr- with your perspective of uh, of doctors, mm-hmm. um, but I think what you mean to s- probably what you're getting at is like sort of compassionate, exactly right. Someone yeah. who is um, you know explains things and who makes people understand, um, even though that there's nothing to do, they explain why there's nothing to do. Right. Um, and I I definitely find you know I do I, I would agree that um, you know people who have the highest marks are not the people who uh, are gonna explain why they're doing this procedure completely yes. and that's what people really want and need
0: or need yeah exactly yeah well i think more of I was also trying to get to the point of like this seven and a half minute model for mm-hmm. doctors I'm mm-hmm. just trying to get to the bottom of where that came from and why is, is that just do you really want to get into this right now I, well that's like just another podcast <laughs> i just you, mean that's it, like 45 minutes right i there. mean in terms of it's got to start somewhere and it seems to start in the schooling system where it seems to start like you know look you're going to look for these things you're going to prescribe this and you're going to send the patient out the door. That seems to be the the model that that's building. So I just, you know, where the the compassion side of it is maybe you know a, a little bit not lacking, but it's just where where did this this rushed this rushed turnstile come from? You know, maybe you don't have the answers to that. But I actually just, do. It's oh, just oh, I don't fantastic. know if you want to get into it right now. Do you have a small like a a, a, a sixty second teaser? I don't know if it? I have an elevator pitch for you uh,
1: on that. <laughs> okay. um, uh it is it is complicated there's a large sure. expl- explanation I would, okay i could get into it you know if you want or another time um but what i would say is uh for the most part there's it's not necessarily there's a combination of the culture of like you know physicians but also it's just what is going on in the healthcare system in mm-hmm. general yes right so um it's and it comes down to demographics so you know if i'm a kind of patient that wants a doctor who sees 10 patients a day um there's still going to be another 10 clamoring to get in mm-hmm. and there's going to be the 10 that are going to see you are going to want more. They're going to want you to do more during the visit um, because they can't come back, you know, in, in two days from now for another problem, right. this and that. Right. So yeah. there's just so much strain on the healthcare system in general mm-hmm. and the demographics of patients getting older that um, and needing more care, not enough doctors, not enough resources, yeah. uh, that it ends up putting pressure on everyone in the healthcare system and that ends up pretty much rushing things to the lowest common de- denominator. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, if you know, you can't sleep, okay, well I can talk to you about why you can't sleep. I can tell you about all the things you need to do in terms of your, uh, you know, sleep hygiene, you know, yes. get exposure to light, decreased light exposure, how your suprachiasmic nucleus works, how your internal biological clock works, caffeine intake. I can get into all that or a doctor can, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, shouldn't say me cause I try to, yeah. um, But, uh, you know, that takes like 15, 20 minutes, right? And uh, there's not only, you know, there's at least another wait room of two hours, you know, to try to get in and they maybe need their prescription refill and they might die if they don't get a prescription refill. So this is always constant pressure from Mm -hmm. the lack of, so you just, doctors don't necessarily have the time to get into all that. And so you end up going to the calmest, m- most common denominator, maybe not explaining those things as much as you could or right. you should, yeah. and then also having the option of like, you know, dare we say, medication, yeah. right? So that's, and that multiply that times a thousand, that's what's going on in the healthcare system. And, For sure. You know, there needs to be, in my view... Uh, sort of outside the box thinking in order to address those
0: problems. Well that you were uh, 100% right that is uh, a totally another podcast topic and we're going to get you back on to, to discuss that in grave detail now. I
1: could do a podcast for you on the question why can't I get a family doctor?
0: That's fantastic. I'm going to hold you to that. We're going to do it.
1: I can tell you that it's not it's it's complicated mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. complicated. Right. And it's complicated. That's what I can tell you. And the solution for something like that requires a complicated solution. Right. Um, But just so you know, it's not because, you know, it's not because lack of compassion and it's not because the government doesn't care. It's not because the government doesn't know. Right. It's complicated. Okay.
0: Sounds good. That's the next one. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So coming out of school then, Mm -hmm. uh, family medicine, was that always the direction you wanted to go to? Was there any, did you think specialty at all? Did you want to go into surgeon at all or, or general family practice was... Calling to you? Uh, I did
1: yeah actually um, I did have interest in uh, surgery procedures um, and uh, that was another area that I was interested in and um, it just didn't quite work out mm-hmm. um, uh, It was very difficult to get in I was very ambitious of course um, in where I wanted to go what I wanted to do and um, it wasn't in the cards and so the other area where I was you know interested in is family medicine. I was very fascinated by family medicine. I was fascinated by the healthcare system. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't understand, and you know, it's it's they're totally different. One is like a precision strike, mm-hmm. right? Uh, surgical strike, and the other one is just like general um, understanding, like you know how society works. And so, just my thinking around, you know, where are we? We're in Canada, Iran, what's all these places, all these different societies how is, you know, how do people think, how do people operate? Why do people get sick? You know, it just, the questions that came out of family medicine and understanding how family medicine and how people think and how people work and how people get better, that brought me towards family medicine. And, mm-hmm. and um, I became very fascinated with it.
0: Right. It seems like there's a lot more almost problem solving in, in family medicine where you're trying to, do you ever have like some really tough cases that that come in that you just can't solve. Um, and it's really it, it calls on your your expertise to, to come up with a solution.
1: Yeah, absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. yeah. And
0: yeah. that problem solving aspect must have spoken to you somehow, you know?
1: Yeah, it did. Um, I think it got at first it was more um, family medicine was more just like the basics of family medicine. And, um, you know, what I would say is there's one of the things that I kind of got early exposure to when I was in uh, medical school was um, some of the psychiatry rotations, mm. and mm-hmm. uh, one of the uh, psychiatrists um, who kind of took like a little bit of I think liking towards me, he he just he was like, I don't care what you learn during this thing, you know, this rotation. Uh, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to ask you, you know, what are the Uh, you know, signs of uh, bipolar or mania or like, you know, what's the side effects of this medication? I just want you to learn one thing. And that's that everything that you're doing in life in terms of when you're analyzing a patient, it comes down to biopsychosocial. Which is? So if you're going to be looking at a patient or person or human being in medicine or whatever, for him, it was obviously, you know, for psychiatry. Um, It's when you're looking at a human being and you're trying to understand their pathology or just everything is it comes down to uh, a model that's called the biopsychosocial model. So biological, mm-hmm. psychological, and social. Okay. So if you're going to help someone, um, and this comes down to, and it does come down to family medicine as well. If someone comes in for, you know, a broken knee, mm-hmm. right? It's, you know what, he's got a broken knee. That's a biological thing. It's, you know, pretty straightforward. Yep. Um, but If you look at it more holistically, and the holistic is truly biopsychosocial, so you're looking at how is this going to potentially impact his, you know, work or affect his psychology in terms of like he normally would go like, you know, kiteboarding or something and, you know, he can't do it for like four months and, uh, you know, he's going to, next thing you know, he comes in, his mood is low, Mm -hmm. right? And he's depressed. Yeah. So that starts to affect how his his knee recovers actually it affects and people develop chronic pain syndromes that shouldn't be there anymore yeah um so and then there's the social aspects and isolation and you know what's their social life so that was interesting for me at the very beginning i was like what is that Of psychosocial and then he was just like you know at the end of the rotation he was just like so what did you learn i'm like i get it man yeah like yeah, yeah. And I have to memorize a million things: biopsychosocial. Thank you. Right. You know what I mean? So, but it was just the fact that he just was like, no, no, no. Like this is you can do what you want. Go to the rotation. I'm not going to ask you any questions. You tell me this. I'm going to give you a good score. I'm like, okay, fine. Sure. And then that just hammered in this thing. And then um, with medicine, it's like that too. In family medicine, they teach you you know, you're not just like fixing your problem. You're looking at like, what's, why are you, it's called Fife, mm-hmm. right? So okay. what are your feelings about what you're, why you're here? What do you think's going on? Yeah. You know, what are your yeah. ideas of what's going on? Right. Um, and how is this affecting you? And what is your expectation? Yeah. So they call it the Fife model. So, and I, I love that because it's like, you know, you, you have a kind of like a roadmap of how to help people. Yeah. Um, and how to, you know, address someone, you know, during a visit, what are, you, what are, you, what are the things you're gonna touch on? And so that was the, I liked that. And then as I started to work and I see more and more people and more and more conditions, mm-hmm. then it became actually truly seeing difficult cases, um, that actually are more, you have to look at the whole, um, biopsychosocial yeah. aspects yeah. of them, you know, right. there it's a social issue. And then it leads to a psychological issue and then it's actually causing by, and you know, it may be for me when I was, you know first in class i didn't really understand this right like i was like get out of here like this doesn't make sense yeah. but like there are many many situations where someone has uh like pain mm-hmm. and it's like biologically like they the color of their arm is different but there's no physical actual like obvious diagnosable condition right um right. and if you look at it there's a spectrum of people who have you know, some psychological challenges and there's social issues and things like that. And it's almost like unbelievable until you actually see it. Yeah. And those, that's what I'm interested in. That's right. what I'm, that's where, um, my directions in family medicine started and that's yeah. where it's going now.
0: Right. The, the only thing that comes to mind as as you're speaking is how do you sleep at night? There's, there's so many things you have so many patients to worry about and so many patients have so many different pillars that you're, you're trying to juggle in your head are you able to actually just step back and be like, okay, turn it off and, and move on? Or, or if you become a family doctor, you're always a family doctor, hundred percent, you wake up in the middle of the night, start thinking about a patient or, or thinking about symptoms that a patient has and, and how to fix it. And
1: no, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, I think at the, I sleep fine, by the way, like
0: I'm exhausted. That's how, yeah, exactly. Short right. answer: I'm exhausted. And you have low light exposure, and yeah, you know, all the, yeah. yeah. I have all the
1: sleep hygiene stuff. <laughs> of course, stuff, you do. You know, yeah. I don't have a TV in my bedroom. There you go. You know, like yeah. so, I have all the One little the tricks. Few. yeah. But I would say I, I could fall, I could fall asleep in front of the TV. Uh, you know, I would, right? Um, because um, you're just running around. You have so many tasks to do. You have so many things to do, mm-hmm. um, and you're just literally exhausted at the end of every day. So, yeah. um, uh, but I think. Um, at the very beginning you know when you're you you, it's your training you know Mm -hmm. like it's not they don't just throw you in the water and like oh my god you have to think about everything sure you i remember one time someone asked me they said um like how do you like aren't you worried always that you're gonna get like sued and this and that or like how do you what do you do if like at the end of the visit you don't have a diagnosis right you don't know what it is and so I guess the the point of seeing a doctor, uh, the point of the visit mm-hmm. is not necessarily to have a diagnosis. The point okay. of the visit is to have a plan. Right. right, right. Okay. Yeah. So what you're doing at the end of the visit and what you're trying to do with every patient is to have a plan of action. So. Um, I don't need to worry about the patient because I have a plan of action. And that's what we all have. That's what all physicians have. And we write that down and the chart is done and we know, and you know, we have a plan and we know if the result comes back abnormal. So that's how you deal with most of the problems. And then you do have these little things and uh, that end up, you know, taking up your thought in the back of your head. Sometimes I'll wake up, you know, I'll be like, oh, I I think I need to, I need to do that referral. I forgot about referral. Right. But it's like, maybe one, 2% of the things that you do. Sure. And the other aspect of it is, you know, you, you just, after years and after your training, you get practice, you get, you know, you learn to separate your work, um, and you get, you have to be organized, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to take your work home. You want to finish all your charts, Exactly. Uh, yeah. so you don't take, come home and then now you have your charts and you know, you have to finish the notes and you're worried about it and it's better to separate it out and we, you get those skills and you start to put into usage. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that makes sense, actually, because a patient is thinking about their symptoms 24 seven, right, because they're mm. living with them. But if you have mm. a plan in place of mm. how you're going to deal with those, mm-hmm. that's it's, it's a simple mm. on off switch to be mm-hmm. able to, you know, you're comfortable with, with the, the, the progression of how you're going to treat that patient or yeah. the patient is just dealing with the symptoms all the time. So maybe that's why where the question comes from is mm-hmm. I think there's just so much mm-hmm. pressure to me to mm-hmm. handle mm-hmm. that many cases all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it, it's just all about the planning and and prioritizing and planning yeah absolutely it's a skill i wouldn't have but
1: you know it's just a learn it's a it's a taught skill it's not in something sure. you're born with you just you know like i you know I, I i had two sides of me where i was uh you know interested in procedures and surgery and then mm-hmm. another side of me where i was interested in family medicine and it was it was interesting psychologically because with surgery you're like you know what this there's a thing there and i gotta take it out yeah and that's it that's it you know what I mean it's done right and uh, it's like you know quick response quick you know think of it you do it and that's very rewarding in a lot of ways um, obviously but um, with family medicine it's like you're not feeling good okay well just do some tests Mm -hmm. and let's find out what's going on and I'll see you in three weeks sure you know what I mean and like you don't have an answer yeah and so for me it was like I was very kind of anxious you know kid and I was you know impatient and Um, family medicine, I could see that it was teaching me patience, and, you know, having a different approach and that approach requires maybe being more thoughtful and being more patient and waiting for uh, answers and waiting for, um, you know, information to come in, which is more in keeping with just how life operates in general. Exactly. You know, so, um, that was a skill that I had to pick up and all this is just, you know,
0: their skills. it's the training. Yeah. And you lean on your training and you're supposed to in your job for sure. Yeah. Um, Moving on, I wanted to, the one medical issue I wanted to, to tackle today um, was was thyroid mm-hmm. and thyroid disease because it seems to be something that, to me, anyways, at least, is the most confusing thing thing possible. Like a lot of times, if you if you see someone who's overweight, you say, "Oh, they have a thyroid issue." Mm-hmm. A thyroid you can have too much of or too little. Some mm-hmm. people have their thyroid taken out. Mm-hmm. There's so many variables that go around it and there's so many uh symptoms that can come mm-hmm. from from a thyroid issue mm-hmm. so that's what i wanted to tackle today and mm-hmm. sort of like thyroid mm-hmm. disease mm-hmm. what are the two sides of it mm-hmm. and and how do you approach it as as a, as a doctor
1: mm-hmm. when you say two sides of it what do you mean well there's there's hyper and then hyper yeah. uh, right and there's yeah. hyper so there's two yeah. sides
0: it's what either it's producing too much or not yeah. producing enough yeah and sort of what sort of symptoms a patient is going to experience uh, <laughs> uh with either side like is it How does a patient know? Is it producing too much or not enough? Sure.
1: So I guess the first thing that I um, would be useful to explain is, and I think a lot of people don't know this, and it's the first thing they need to really know, is how the thyroid axis works. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's an axis. So the best way to describe it is the way your thermostat and your heater work. Okay. Okay. So you have a thermostat, and the thermostat is telling your uh thyroid okay your your your, uh heater Mm -hmm. it's telling it turn on and make heat so what happens when the heat gets too high right the thermostat is is monitoring you know uh uh, what the heat is what the Mm -hmm. temperature is and when it reaches a temperature the the thermostat turns off so in terms of that that's an axis it's a feedback loop so Mm -hmm. your thyroid operates off the feedback loop so in your brain you have a hypothalamus and it secretes thyroid TSH, okay, thyroid secreting hormone. So okay. that's the electricity that's going to the thyroid gland, which right. is the heater. Yeah, And it's basically telling it turn on. And then when it turns on, the heat goes up, the thyroid goes up. And then when it reaches a certain limit, the thermostats, oh, we got to turn off. Okay. So the thyroid works like that. So it sends the electricity, which is the thyroid stimulating hormone, to the thyroid gland. And the thyroid gland makes the thyroid hormone, which is the heat, okay? So um, just, understand that that's that's what's going on okay Okay? um and so now the thyroid gland itself is making thyroid hormone and the thyroid hormone is basically um it's like the metabolic control knob for your cells okay so your cells can operate a high metabolism or low metabolism right um and uh so if someone is hyperthyroid because they have too much thyroid hormone then their you know their cells are operating at a higher level than they should and so your entire you know, nervous system, your you know, metabolic system, your, uh, the rest of your endocrine system, everything is operating at a higher like, r- turnover and rate. Um, and so you end up getting symptoms of hyperthyroidism, which is you know, sweating, your heart's going faster, you're, um, you're maybe you're burning more calories so you're getting hotter, right. you're losing weight, you might have diarrhea because your guts are working stronger. Um, and you do get fatigue, um, with that, mm-hmm. um, and you get nervous and you know, these kinds of symptoms.
0: And, and what causes that? So what? So hyperthyroidism what's...
1: can be caused by, um, various things It can be caused by like, um, you know, uh, autoimmune disorders, okay. you know, so yeah. there, there may be, and th- this is where thyroid diseases will come in is where some, some things will actually hit the, 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 the hypothalamus and make it make too much thyroid stimulating hormone. Right. Right. Or, um, or it's, you know, you may be taking too much exogenous thyroid, which rarely happens. Yeah. Uh, or it might be a virus. Like imagine if some virus gets into the thermostat, into the heater mm-hmm. and just makes it keep making you throw wood in there and it starts heating more. And then the whole thing is going to get too
0: hot. Sure. Yeah. So,
1: um, yeah.
0: Those are all the problem. Maybe the problem is the problem that those are all very uh, common symptoms. Not common so, symptoms. Those are symptoms so, patients are going to deal with so, quite w- regularly.
1: So what I'll tell you is hyperthyroidism is yeah. is... is, is um, not as common as hypothyroidism. Okay. So what you're seeing most of the time, what people are coming in at um, and what people are experiencing is hypothyroidism. Right. So hypothyroidism is just your body's not making enough thyroid hormone. Mm-hmm. So it's like the place is cold. Yeah. Okay. So um, your, your cells are not operating at a, at a lower level. They're operating at a lower level. So they are, you know, people are experiencing fatigue. Mm-hmm. They're experiencing cold intolerance because they're not burning calories. Um, they're getting uh, uh, slow, sluggish. Their thinking is slow. Um, their period, the periods get irregular for women. Um, they have, uh, um, you know, constipation. Their nails get affected. Their hairs get affected because the cells are just operating too slow.
0: Of course, yeah, and your metabolism is going slow. Right.
1: So that is the most common thing, okay. and uh, there's various causes of that. Um, the most common cause of that is basically a m- sort of mild autoimmune condition, mm-hmm. um, which is um, uh, it's called prim- primary hypothyroidism. And mm-hmm. your body kind of makes these receptors, uh, these antibodies against your thyroid and kind of suppresses uh, the thyroid function. Right. And so most people will come in and, you know, they're having low thyroid hormone symptoms like that, weight gain, mm-hmm. um, sluggishness. And then what you do is usually check the the hormone levels. Usually you start with the, see if the thermostat's working and you see the thermostats, the electricity is going crazy. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, the levels are high because, or it's low and you you diagnose it based on that. And then you check the actual thyroid levels. Right. So people who are hypothyroid, their levels of the thyroid stimulating hormone is high Mm -hmm. because basically what's happening is the body is noticing that it's, the thyroid is low. And it's increasing the signal okay so people come in and they go oh I'm, my thyroid is too high you know yeah. I, I like i have too much thyroid but no it's the signal is high right because the thermostat's going crazy going ping 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 make thyroid hormone yeah but it's not making the thyroid hormone. you measure the thyroid hormone and you see that it's low and okay. you realize okay this is what's going on there's a there's a sort of mild autoimmune condition going on primary hypothyroidism and then that's when you decide to you know treat with medication right that's like in thi- when we talking about thyroid, that's yeah. like ninety five percent of any thyroid
0: is right there. that you've ever heard. Yeah, you know, is it is it a hard thing to diagnose? Because you hear a lot of cases of people coming in and saying, "Oh, you know, my doctor and I, we didn't find the thyroid problem until a couple of years later." Or that is it is it not going to is it not glaringly obvious? Doesn't glaringly show up in blood tests usually? Is there uh, other things you have to look for to try and diagnose that?
1: Um, I don't think it's difficult. No, no, I, I would say it's um, maybe one of the Sort of easiest oh, okay. things that you would pick up on. Right, um, it's almost like part of every blood test. Like when you go to, say, emergency or something, and you're having an issue, they'll do a CBC. They'll check your kidney function. They'll check your electrolytes, and you know they probably will check your thyroid as well. Sure. um But most family doctors, I mean, if there's, you know, my I missed my period, uh, you know, I'm not pregnant, and you know, I'm tired, I'm weak. You know, the first thing you do is you check the TSH. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not. There's, it's not. Um, but there are. I would. What I will say is, there's a bit of a controversy right now um, in terms of, uh, um, or I would say uh, qu- it's questionable. Um, a lot of physicians say that the thyroid stimulating hormone, which when goes up, some people say that it it's okay to go up mm-hmm. a little bit because okay. it'll go back down. Right. Um, and so some people think it should be lower, like the the threshold is lower lower. Yeah. And, um, so it, it, in terms of like the medical consensus yeah. from all over the world, there's no, it, it's becoming more questionable as to when you, th- when you treat a thyroid condition. Right. Um, and I think that's where a lot of that will come from.
0: Okay. And just for, for argument's sake, what camp are you in? What, what do you, what do you say? Um,
1: I would say I'm, I'm in the camp of, uh, if you're having symptoms and your thyroid is. Uh, you know, clearly, clearly underactive, yeah, and your your TSH is high because it's, your brain is saying, "I want more thyroid hormone," right, uh, and then you can treat it because it's. It's not, uh, you know, there's not a lot, a lot of side effects to treating it. So mm-hmm. I think it's useful and helpful to treat it.
0: Right. And prevention of, of thyroid disease is very, it's gotta be difficult for a patient because a lot of, there could be genetic factors going into it. Um, there's nothing patients can change in their lifestyle to sort of, not really, no, no. To, to help. Their no, thyroid. I wouldn't worry about
1: it. You know, it's nothing you can do for thyroid that you can, you know, for the most part.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, discussing all of this medical information, uh, let's talk about healthhabits.tv. Uh, right, right is a mm-hmm. health informational site that mm-hmm. you've started of a, a mm-hmm. lot of video content mm-hmm. so my first question would be are you uh would you be a proponent of of patients finding information that way rather than seeing their their gp if they can get a lot of information in a mm-hmm. video format or in mm-hmm. a lot of doctors don't like dr google because mm-hmm. of what it you know the hypochondriac it brings out in a yeah. lot of patients but yeah sort of information yeah. it seems to be yeah. the way media is going yeah. um, do you see a lot of benefit in in that of, of an educated patient coming in your door first
1: um well that part is uh, questionable um okay. so i think it's more a matter of the right information yes um and so um the issue you know when you come when you talk about google is you know one of my doctor friends sent me this like cup and it was very funny it was said um don't confuse my medical degree with Dr. Google.
0: Of course. yeah.
1: Um, and so uh, and that was kind of cute. so I yeah. mean we all know that, right. Everyone knows this, right? right. Um, the issue is uh, I mean it's you have to Google, you know you're not going to not google like no. everyone's going to do that no, like one's gonna, no one's going to no one's going to tell there's no way you're going to stop people from googling can't, no. even doctors will google yeah of course like what else are you going to do you have a curious mind that's how human psychology works right so it's not a you can't stop that um the issue is uh is like first of all all the information you get from the websites they're all pretty much the same mm-hmm. right they're just like a generic you know this is the condition and this is like the symptoms the problem is it doesn't it's like a matrix of everything that's connected, but it doesn't tell you what's common and what's not common. Mm -hmm. There's no, like, you know, only if it's an official statistics, like 95% of this is like that. Yeah. 70% of that. It's like from a medical journal, but no one's going to tell you like, you know, your, that bump on your arm, the chances that it's like, you know, uh, malignant cancer is like based on like, you know, what you're describing right now is, Mm -hmm. is like very, very low. Right. It's just going to say, yeah, it could be this, 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 this. And of the top six things, it's going to say one of them is cancer. Exactly. So in someone's head, that's at least one sixth probability that it's cancer. Right. And in, if it, And they're worried about it. So it's probably 50% chance it's cancer. Whereas yeah. it's actually like, n- no, it's not. Right. So it's always, always, mostly cancer. So mm. it's like there's a little pebble in the diagnosis, or, you know, in these big rocks. Mm-hmm. And people grab onto that and, you know to their, um, credit. I mean, they don't know, right? They, they can't tell. There's no way of knowing. So, um, and that, uh, that ends up, you know, for physicians, a lot of what you're doing is you're doing a lot of reassurance. Mm-hmm. And so that's fine. You right. know what I mean? That's what you're supposed to do. That's what family medicine is actually a lot of reassurance. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, it becomes challenging because people are, some people are more tend to worry more than others. Yeah. And so you're actually trying to treat their worrying condition more and it then it takes away from you know some of the other things that you could spend your time for of course um, yeah. so that's that challenge and then in terms of uh, you know where that could go what I think mm-hmm. is um, I think there's a opportunity right now to truly educate patients so sure. I mean I think there's a lot of you know it's like version 1.0 medical education right now yeah but uh, I think there is an opportunity to increase that and to you know, uh, have more interactive information, information that's more accurate, which is going to be very challenging. Yeah. Um, and so the way I sort of approach it for myself is, um, to create educational videos. Right. So I find that, you know, in my practice, there's a lot of questions that I get some certain set of questions that I guess get asked over and over mm-hmm. and they're, they end up not being a priority cause there's something always more of a priority. Like, you know, I have chest pain,
0: you know? Yeah. And by yeah. the way, how do
1: I lose weight? You know what I mean? So I'll tell you. You're gonna go
0: one right? Over the other. Yeah.
1: So you're going to deal with the primary you know, issue and then the preventative stuff always kind of falls by the wayside and you know, doctors can explain those things and there's a lot of, you know, we have a lot of information about that. We have a lot of teaching about that and we mm-hmm. have, we've been trained in that. But you know, it's just the way things go that you don't have time so you end up rushing it and the person right. doesn't get it and you're not really doing the preventative stuff. So I found that there's certain sets of questions that I'm asked very often and i don't necessarily get the opportunity to and time to explain those things the way i would like to right that's effective and efficient yeah so i just had an idea one time where i was like you know people ask me they're like oh how do you how do you stay fit how do you how do you you know keep your weight down and i was like you know like this is what i do so and i started thinking well how could i show people it would be easier if i just showed you you yeah, know what i mean like exactly. instead of just telling you you're not going to remember so then I just decided to make a video uh, for weight loss. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few times where, you know, I was just kind of playing with it. And had a patient ask me at the end of a visit, they're like, you know, how do I lose weight? Yeah. Like at the end of like chest pain. I was like, well, that's all the time we have for today. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but guess what? Yeah. Um, you know, I can show you this video. Right. Uh, and uh, I showed it to them and they watched it. And I went and saw a couple more patients came back and I was like, any questions? Yeah. And the patient's like, no, uh, right. fine. And then they came back two months later and they lost weight. Fantastic. And then they came back three months later and I couldn't recognize them because right. they lost so much weight. So yeah. that's when I knew I was kind of like onto something and that I think there's opportunity for, you know, I would love to see, you know, pharmacists, physicians, mm-hmm. naturopaths engage and, you know, have a well-made description, explanation for common questions that uh, patients have. Right. Um, and then when they come in, then they, ha- and they've got, they've done their Dr. Google. Yeah. They've also gone uh, a very... Thorough, you know, explanation, right? Um, video explanation, and then they come in with very, very educated and specific questions. Exactly, right? I yeah. think that's the ideal way to go. Right. So that's sort of what I'm striving to do right. with my website, um, Health Habits TV, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
0: Perfect, and that's going to be launching soon. That, we'll it's up there. now yeah. you can
1: watch it and then but in terms of like the social media in terms of like there's a lot of more the lot more videos that are um you know coming right uh so i'm just getting those together and then there'll be an official launch you know in the next few months fantastic you should look into a podcast realm as well
0: that's uh i think so right?
1: <laughs> i think we need to talk more about that a nice <laughs> little tag for that as well <laughs> yeah.
0: uh we'd like to finish with a couple of rapid peer questions so yeah. they're just very sure. succinct simple uh, so the first, these are questions we ask each and every guest on the show. But the, So the first question is, uh, what's your favorite word? What's
1: my favorite word? Oh, man. Um, can, can we come back to that one?
0: What's your least favorite word? <laughs>
1: uh, what's my least favorite word?
0: Because hmm. there's always usually pretty underlying reasons behind it you know what I mean based on your profession your life your upbringing whatever there's just some word usually that you would have heard in your life that triggers something right it's like a, a smell like a childhood smell you think this is what you think of right hmm brings you back somewhere
1: you know I'm such a I'm such a deep thinker if you, you ask me a simple <laughs> question much, like that it's just yeah. not gonna yeah
0: like it's uh, I have to think <laughs> about it we could we could come back to it um, how about which uh, which type of profession other than your own would you not like to attempt?
1: Hmm. What I, that I would not like, to you would to not attempt? like to attempt. Hmm. I think I would, I mean, I wouldn't want to try to be a sanitary worker. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, I think that would not be great. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, I think, I, I always think
1: when I see people doing that, I'm like, you know, God bless you because like someone has to do it and you know, you're able to do it. Yeah. You know, so.
0: Thank you for choosing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, yeah, the uh, so and then a, a job that you would like to do. I think I know that one. Yeah, yeah, something more along the 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 acting realm or something a little bit more theatrical. Exactly. A tag to that is I noticed mm-hmm. you produce music as well. Is that true? Uh, a little like, bit, yeah. Like. Like DJ style? Like are you yeah. going out and remixing mm. like, you're the next That's Z- the other You're thing, the actually. next Z on the on the horizon. That's actually so. the other
1: thing is uh the qu- I, the question to the previous right. the answer to the question previous question. Okay. Was, um, to be a DJ, to yeah, be a world DJ, <laughs> right, right, right. So and then you're... no, actually, just when I was uh, when I was in uh, doing my residency in Montreal, I used to DJ a little bit, okay. and uh, I still do a little bit. I have friends in the music industry, right. So I I uh, I get a lot of exposure to that, and um, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a big
0: club scene, isn't there, in Montreal? Isn't DJ Montreal?
1: is, Yeah, Montreal uh, is you know right
0: just
1: bonkers for sure.
0: <laughs> right. Could that, that be my a, favorite a, word? Is that a French okay, term? Okay, I know my favorite word. Bonkers is it now bonkers.
1: No, okay. um, you know, what's my favorite word right now? Kaboom.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Do you want do this you, is just is a subtext on that or you just, no, I just that? think
1: it's just like kaboom.
0: Okay. Least favorite word. Can we touch on that yet? Or we're still least thinking? Least favorite
1: word. Uh, we'll come back to favorite word. Mm, let's keep talking.
0: <laughs> Next one is, uh, what sound or noise do you love?
1: Uh, sound or noise. Um, I love the noise, the sound. I wouldn't call it noise. Mm-hmm. I love the sound of like the ocean. Perfect. You know, if I hear the water moving, it's I think it's just like Zen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And what sound or noise do you hate? Uh
1: I hate the noise of car brakes squeaking. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I can say that is because my car brakes squeak all the time. Right. And it's like a you know uh it's a high-end car yeah it's not like i've worn out brakes it's not like i'm lazy i don't fix no, no, my no. brakes right it but it's happening. just they don't know what to do it's like a bmw situation they're like you just go on the highway and just you know go really fast and then just brake and heat the pads and i'm just like Constantly hearing, but it's it's like that shrieking noise in general. You know, you don't. No one likes right. that. I no, don't no. know anyone who likes that. No, no, of course. That's like a universal answer.
0: Right. I would say it's pretty high. Yeah. Well, it's also embarrassing to yourself because you know it's you in the car and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, you, you know, and, and if like, people
1: are looking at you and they're like, you know, what is wrong with you? What's up with your brakes? Take it to the shop. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're in a so, <laughs> so I'm take just it like, in. I'm just like in this car and I'm like shaking my head every time there's a red light. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm. Everyone thinks i this like lazy guy who just right. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know when you see these guys who are like their exhaust is burning. Mm-hmm. They're they're burning oil. Right. And you're just like shaking your head. You're like, what dude, you you're just killing everyone right now. Yeah. And just, you know, you know, just just get it, just take it to the shop, man. You exactly. know I'll pay for the oil. I'll give you the oil right now. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. You wouldn't believe how many. I yeah. recently, a couple of weeks ago, my car was broken into. Mm. So the back window, and mm. I take it in, and mm. because it's a BMW, they can't. It's a BMW. They don't have the part in. They have to order mm. it from Germany. So mm. three weeks it takes mm. for my window. So I have this garbage bag that's billowing on my on my back window. Really. The amount of people that what come kind up of car was that? To, it's a it's a BMW next an 2 and okay. they just can't for some reason the window pane they don't mm. have it in. They had to order mm. it. Mm. So the amount of people that came up to me like, why don't you get that? Oh. Oh my God, and I was I like, know, I know, you think you think I enjoy this? I know. That's I'm telling you. I
1: feel for you, man. That's like worse than the break situation.
0: There's no lower point in life than a garbage bag for a mm, window. You is, think yeah, I'm doing this on purpose. That's worse right. than squeaking. I didn't mean to one up yeah. your answer. But yeah. No, you did. Yeah. You
1: wound up on that. You wound up on that.
0: Uh, finally, the tagline for our podcast is live pure. Mm, uh, so if mm. I had to ask you, what, if you had to tell a patient uh, what living pure was, what, what do you think that means to you?
1: Um, living pure, living pure. What I would say is, uh, I would say, living in a positive mindset, mm-hmm. uh, mentally, physically, yeah, um, and striving for uh, a pure uh, experience, yeah, um, in everything in terms of you know your biopsychosocial. Right. And that includes what you put in your body. For sure. Which is what I believe.
0: There you go. Uh, well, we're definitely going to have another episode of Dr. G, but mm-hmm. until then, this yeah. is great. Thank you so much for joining us. And then us. I'll
1: have an answer for my least favorite word. <laughs> we'll get to I right? should
0: have. I should have prepped you on those. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. You I know. need
1: more time. I think I have it, but it's not there, so I'll have to like think about it a little bit more.
0: It's great that after yeah. all this, the most difficult question today has been, what is You're your You're telling me, dude. Like, like, I'm not, not gonna,
1: can I tell you something?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> This is what's gonna keep me from sleeping. (laughs) There it is, not the patience, this one. Thank you so much. This is great. Thank you.